but in this time we're called to live in the reality of the kingdom that has already been won in the midst of a kingdom that we continue to live in. Hello, welcome to the PonderCast, where it's okay to think differently about the Bible and theology. Let's get pondering. Hello and welcome to the PonderCast. I'm glad that you're back with us. My name is Perry Siddons and what? I'm not joined by Drew Pecker this week. I'm joined by Marty Johnson. How are you, Marty? I am well. Thank you, Perry. Oh. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Uh, you're from Moss Bank, Saskatchewan. Yes. Tell uh, us a little bit more about yourself. Large metropolis of Moss Bank. <laughs> I think we're sitting around 350. Well, I think I think a couple of people went to um, Moose Jaw. So we're about probably about three. 47 <laughs> right now uh i've been here about almost 10 years oh wow almost 10 years here in moss bank yeah part of the associated gospel churches uh as our association denomination and uh i'm uh, like you said Mari, i pastor a church here called uh cornerstone gospel church Married to a wonderful woman by the name of Tina, and I have two boys, Aiden, eighteen, who just graduated, virtually, and uh, and a younger one, Isaac, who is eleven, who can't wait to graduate someday too. So, so did did Aiden virtually graduate, or did he virtually graduate? He he. Well, he did <laughs> he did well in graduation. He's a very smart man uh he gets his intelligence from his mom which will be proven in this podcast and his looks thank the good lord and uh, but he virtually in terms of uh through zoom and and uh and all the technology that's been used in this time of pandemic but mm-hmm. yes but it fits his personality just perfectly he doesn't really like being in front of people or large crowds, so he was happier than anyone could possibly be to graduate uh, the way that he did. So, mm. Yeah, what a yeah. time we're in that everything is on Zoom. And I, you know, there was that theory at the beginning of this that the Zoom people uh, created the virus, so that traffic. How many of us heard of Zoom? I didn't know about Zoom until the middle of March when we were all plunged into using it. <laughs> so I was, I, I did a three year course through Renovare Canada and we oh. would meet once a week on zoom. So I was a little, but I've never created a zoom chats and, and sent like, you know, a password and, and stuff like you did. So I'm not that indoctrinated in this, <laughs> but I know, I know a little bit more about it because they, I have a wonderful elderly couple in my congregation who the gentleman his sister passed away and Mm -hmm. so they were doing the funeral in a different province and they called me about five minutes before and said do you know how to use zoom and i don't really my wife does because she set up our boys for their classes online Mm -hmm. but she was gone so i was doing my (laughs) best within this five minutes over the phone to this wonderful couple that I mentioned, they're senior citizens, so that they could, uh, they, and, and they got it. That was awesome. Oh, wow. Right, well, try this, try this. You go, oh, I think I did it by accident. It's working, so we're going to leave you now. Bye. <laughs> and, then, and then you had to go and do the funeral. Oh, no, they did the funeral. They were just going to, they were uh, viewing the funeral from a different province. Okay. Uh, so they, I'm just their pastor who was at home in his PJs, uh, you know, mid mid quarantine but uh i got to try and explain it to them mm-hmm. uh, so i learned along with them very quickly so very quickly hate. very quickly in the pandemic pastors became the it support as well something you did yeah, exactly something that many didn't learn in seminary <laughs> no and i did not we, we just returned to meeting together which i'm very thankful mm. i i just do not like preaching to a laptop that's how I did it. Mm. You're looking at yourself. So a lot of insecurity, right? You know, if you do a facial tick or you accidentally hiccup, you want to stop <laughs> everything and start all over again. 
And so, and looking at my own face, God bless people, but I couldn't do that every Sunday. And, uh, and plus I'm far too convicting. So I prefer to preach to others than to preach to myself. So, Oh, Oh yeah. One thing I want to ask you is that, you know, a couple of years ago we did a, uh, I interv- I did a video interview with you. Oh man, that was a tongue twister. A video interview with you a couple of years ago for our youth conference there at NBC. And I asked you at the beginning, uh, what did I ask you? Pineapple on pizza? Is that still, uh, what's, what's your answer to that this, this time? I, I'm still pro pineapple. <laughs> uh, other than pizza, I don't really know what you use pineapple for. <laughs> so, but I, I have friends that are avid non-pineapple. It's good that we can still agree to disagree, but not when it comes to eating together. So, but yeah, yeah I'm pro pineapple. Okay. What was, where did you land in that? I am a person that if food is put in front of me, I'll usually eat it. So, well, a seafood diet. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go and search out for pineapple pizza. But if somebody says eat, <laughs> eat this or your family dies, then I'll say okay. I'll eat the pineapple <laughs> pizza. <laughs> I don't know they're going to put you on the commercial for Hawaiian pizza with that kind of attitude. But still, <laughs> I like it. Only thing I don't really like on pizza is like green peppers, but I'll still eat it. Mm, okay. Pizza's just really a good time. It is. It is. <laughs> this uh, this yeah. afternoon, we want to talk about uh, some recent discussions on the gospel. And it's some interesting discussions that are coming up uh there was an article that came out a few weeks ago from scott mcknight's blog on christianity today uh, which michael bates wrote he entitled it good news are t4g slash tgc leaders starting to change their gospel when i saw that article i was a little shocked at the title and of course i had to read it what good clickbait that is uh because i thought well what what kind of gospel are they talking about? Uh, I thought maybe maybe he was going to accuse them of some kind of social social justice gospel, which the Gospel Coalition has been accused of leaning towards. I wasn't aware of that. I want to summarize Bates' argument first by saying that these okay. this is what he's saying. Uh, this is my summary, anyways. Is that these folks at TGC T for so Gospel Coalition together for the gospel. They have made the gospel not about the message, but about the outworking of the message. So they've made the gospel to be the outworking, the the implications of the message. Uh, what would you think of that summary, first of all? Well, I'm never going to critique a host. Go go ahead. But uh, <laughs> I no, I think that it's it's pretty spot on. Being that um, really that what uh, guys like Scott McKnight or N.T. Wright. Uh, or Mr. Bates, which I haven't, well, just maybe think of Downton Abbey, but Mr. Bates, <laughs> who I, I actually haven't, uh, haven't read is that, uh, that they don't, uh, they're not trying to divorce the message being, um, justification by faith from the gospel, but rather just putting it in its larger context or its proper framing mm-hmm. in the gospel, uh, which would be the larger story of scripture itself. Know, Israel and 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 Jesus's and Jesus's fulfillment as Israel's representative as mm-hmm. Messiah and and then King uh, enthroned hmm. for the world. So yeah, that's that's kind of what I took from the article, right. and that there there is a little bit of uh, you know reading into it that they've kind of had a bit of a back and forth. You know, uh, Greg Gilbert and 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 Bates there. Uh, and uh, and so it, it intrigued me on in that end, just to kind of go back further. I haven't yet, and just see their responses and other and other platforms and times that they've hmm. that stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've you've uh, brought up a lot of stuff there, and so I just want to kind of dig in a little bit because there's uh, Bates points out, you know, there's the figure that there's these. Uh, these big figures like John Piper, Al Mohler, he even uh, quotes the late R.C. Sproul and others. Mm -hmm. And he says that they claim that the gospel is, that the gospel is justification by faith alone. And I think he quotes 
I can't quite remember what he uh, what he quotes from R.C. Sproul, but it just seems it seems like they're so dogmatic about if we don't get that right, then we don't have a gospel. Uh, right. But Bates argues, and I and I thought it was a really interesting article to really uh, differentiate the two because those obviously those two things can be very intertwined. I mean, they're they're both important. The gospel and the implications of the gospel. And so he's trying to make that differentiation that this is not the gospel. Again, they're confusing the gospel for the outworking, the implications, but the message isn't found in justification by faith alone, but rather the gospel is the message of King Jesus and the kingdom of God. The different, And the differentiation does seem a bit nitpicky, but uh, I think it, is important because obviously even in Protestantism, there's different views on justification. So if we don't get our view on justification, right, according to whose standard we, if we don't get justification according to their standards, right. But how do we, you know, there seems to be a few uh, things that are a bit leaky in that. um, If you want to comment on any of that. Well, I think it's I think it's an important conversation to have. Right. Uh, just because I think that the distinctives are are important. Um, mm. Like like I'd say, I don't I don't believe in any way, shape or form that authors like McKnight or Wright or Bates. And I don't want to speak for them, but I'm I'm like uh, antibacterial soap. I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure that it is not their goal in any way to uh, divorce justification or salvation from the gospel, but just the former in its proper context. But that, and what they're saying is the apostolic gospel, like the gospel that mm. the apostles preach, the gospels that Jesus, the gospel that Jesus presented within the gospels themselves, which obviously they're called gospels, <clears throat> you know, for a reason, mm-hmm. is the message that saves, right? Um, that faith comes from the hearing of the word, and then justification by faith, which Paul spends a lot of time on, particularly in Romans and and Galatians, right? It's just the outworking of that salvation, the outward, how we are saved, right? But not itself, the gospel message itself, but the fruit of the gospel, uh, which is salvation, as well as uh, the fruits that come from salvation, the fruit of the Spirit, uh, evangelism, the gifts of the Spirit. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, the fruits of salvation. Uh, so, So you'd say like justification, sanctification, these are these are the fruits of the gospel message of salvation. I mean, they come from the gospel message. They come from the gospel message because justification slash sanctification is salvation, essentially. Uh, if we want to go down that path, I, I think where, where they're coming from is that the message that was preached, the message of the gospel, opened people up. It, uh, mm. uh, it's the saving message. And then what we're, when, when the people come to salvation through the hearing of the gospel, right? So, for example, Lydia, she just popped in my head, right? That God opened up her heart to hear Paul's message, right? Uh, and so through the preaching of the gospel, through Paul's preaching, uh, she responded in faith, right? Her heart was open mm-hmm. and she was saved. And so that salvation is by faith alone. She, uh, her her faith comes from the message of, of Jesus. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the King. Uh, right. And then with that is your justification, your, your sanctification. And, and these are the things that, that, that Paul discusses with the church. He discusses the, 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 um, the implications of their salvation, the DNA of their salvation. Right. Mm. So for example, you would have Paul preaching the gospel in Acts 17 popped in my head right so here he's preaching to a gentile audience right not a jewish audience he's he presents the gospel and it says that some sneered at him right but then some were interested and some believed and were saved and then i believe then you would have those discussions following that then we Mm -hmm. start getting into what Mm -hmm. is what is justification what is what is the reality is this just happened uh the receiving of the holy spirit uh, and, and those things. So mm-hmm. 
they, they can't be separated. Mm-hmm. Remember in First um, uh, Corinthians 15, right? It's a great resurrection chapter. Paul begins with the proclamation of the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but also that uh, that it is for the forgiveness of sins. So the the forgiveness of sins uh, is part of the gospel mm-hmm. presentation. Uh, that he is the king that saves. This is the message that saves. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. So there was a there was a term that you used. You said the DNA of the gospel, and uh, that, I thought that was a really interesting way to put it. Everything that everything that has to do with the gospel is kind of intertwined together, uh, and kind of and and really gives the the meaning to the, the kind of the fullness of the gospel. And also, and I was also thinking about you know you have an umbrella. See, that's the gospel, and then it's not a perfect analogy, but you have the gospel, and then there's uh, everything else kind of underneath it that goes along with that gospel message. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think about I I did some work this semester uh, at school for my fun. It was like it was a senior okay. research project. Uh, I was working on the son of man and, and the gospels and then trying to relate it to Stephen in acts because he says, I see the son of man at the right hand of God. So it, part of that research was trying to, because I was connecting it back to Daniel seven and saying, Daniel seven is an eschatological prophecy and it's being, it's, it's fulfillment is beginning in Jesus. So the, the, the way that I was arguing that there was, I was, I was kind of talking about inaugurated eschatology so the way that I was trying to argue for that is was by saying that Jesus was inaugurating the kingdom, and the, and therefore that was a eschatological reality coming forth on earth, and realizing that that word gospel is so connected to the kingdom of God. For instance, in in Mark, it says that. After John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. That's not the gospel that's preached these days. It's not, it's not preached that the kingdom of God is, has been inaugurated. <laughs> and, and, and kind, right. of the, kind of the implications that go along with that, even uh, the fact you, you brought up... Uh, First Corinthians 15, where it's, Paul talks about the resurrection and the and and the victory. Well, I want to connect that to Colossians, where Paul says that Jesus made a public spectacle of of the principalities and power. So that right. I, I want to connect those things theologically by saying the resurrection was the kingly defeat uh, and kingly right. victory of Jesus. And that's, and that's another way of looking at this or framing it, right, is that some stress the kingdom and others stress the cross, right? But they're not, they're not meant to be separated. That the kingdom that is proclaimed uh, throughout the Old Testament, you know, your Psalm 2s, your Isaiah 40 to, you know, 55, um, <clears throat> and what have you, and, uh, is, is brought forth in the life of Christ. Uh, but it is inaugurated. He becomes king through what? The cross, hmm. right? We see Jesus uh, given a, uh, the robe, given the crown of thorns. Uh, all four gospels display that above him, the pilot wrote, the king of the Jews. And that when he took his throne, his ascension was on a cross, right? Hmm. That the kingdom that, that God had always promised to Israel and the world came through the most unexpected means uh, if, if you didn't read Isaiah 53 and, 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 and everything else, uh, Psalm two, the beginning is, it seems to be the defeat, the humiliation, you know, of God's chosen representative. And then ends with uh, victory and proclaim to the nations and ruling over, ruling over the world that God's chosen means of bringing the kingdom was the cross. And that when he rose from the dead, that was the sign. That was, it was the death nail to, to death. Death had been defeated, the power of death, the power of sin, uh, the power of evil. Uh, mm. And that that's the good news mm-hmm. that God has through his son, Jesus, 
fulfilled all the promises uh, that that he he had given through uh, his prophets through the story of Jesus, and that uh, all the former things or the things that we we struggle with have lost their power. And it's also the message that we preach and that we live, that we live a kingdom life, uh, that we seek to live our lives on earth as it is in heaven, but by means of the cross, that we, of self-sacrifice, of, of agape love, of, mm. of serving. You know, uh, Jesus said to his disciples that the, the leaders, the rulers of this world, basically bully those that are under them. But Jesus said, this will not be that way with you. Hmm. If you want to be first in my kingdom, you need to be last. Hmm. Uh, that uh, <laughs> the Son of Man did not come uh, to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So I think the whole discussion that we're talking about is just putting king and kingdom together and that there's no separation. And that, that justification by faith has its place within the larger story of Jesus. Because N.T. Wright makes you know, I think a valid point that when we just focus on the gospel being justification, we don't even really need the gospels. We don't. Uh, we, we, we don't need the life of Christ other than, you know, why didn't he just be born a virgin, take him out of, you know, the manger and then take him to the cross, right? There's mm-hmm. something about his life, right? That, that mm. and particularly all these four books that have come to know as the gospels that show the kingdom that Christ was bringing through the cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we like to focus on the first part. Uh, N.T. Wright actually blames this uh, on uh, the creeds, you know, like the Apostles' <laughs> Creed, the Nicene Creed, you know, in, in a way that he, he proudly says them, right? But he just, mm-hmm. they have to put in their proper context because right. we go right from Jesus being born of the Virgin mm-hmm. and then right to being suffered under Pontius Pilate, mm-hmm. crucified, you know, dead, and then and then ascended. We, we miss his whole life. Um, hmm. And so that and the Gospels are more just than Jesus living the perfect life so it could be given to us, uh, uh, imputed to us, you know, mm-hmm. for, for righteousness. That's not the, the point. The point is that the life of Jesus is the Gospel. The saving uh, message is Jesus. Uh, what who he is, what he has done, what he has said, and how that all accumulated on a cross six hours one Friday, and hmm. uh, how he was raised to victory three days later from the from the tomb. Hmm. Wow, there's a lot there. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I I I've said in a class at in college that. I believe that the substitutionary atonement of Jesus and the victory of Christ at the resurrection, those are two sides of the coin for the, mm-hmm. for, for the cross. And my teacher didn't really agree with me on that. You know, it's just, it's so much, you know, it's almost like 60% substitutionary atonement for, or even more, you know, it's just so, and I think, how can you, how, and I don't want to put I don't want to put words in their mouth. Uh, I just thought it, it's a representation of what it seems evangelicalism believes. The the victorious reign of King Jesus is much more subversive and much more not much more important, but it's so uh, necessary and and meaningful in our society. Justification by faith alone is so to me it's 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 important. Don't get me wrong here, but it seems so individual, so individualistic. It's so much about me and Jesus. And I know that these folks like John Piper, Al Mulder, I know that they would never, I don't think that they don't believe in Christus Victor, but they're not emphasizing it enough. Whereas it's just uh, me and Jesus kind of thing. But during COVID, seeing people's responses, seeing Christians' responses, I keep thinking about where's our belief in the victorious King Jesus. Uh, mm-hmm. When, when, you know, Christians think dark days are ahead for, uh, for the church, that may be so, but it seems like they're not remembering who the King, who, 
defeated the grave and who defeated evil uh, and who is right. the, and who is victorious i think we we really i think that's such an important message for for us today because it seems Absolutely. as though it seems as though the forces of darkness are prevailing uh, but they're not really i think they're really grasping for straws king jesus is much more uh, victorious you know i was just really resonating with what you were saying that in these pandemic times, that's the message that people need to hear. And that's the message that they're supposed to hear. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, just like, we're justified um, by faith, but faith for what? Like, what's the whole purpose? Faith in Christ. That you talked about uh, two sides of a coin. Like, I believe faith and follow are mm. uh, the two sides of the coin of discipleship. Mm. That, um, that we're saved uh, in faith the faith in Christ, in Christ, to believe, to follow uh, Christ, who is our, our Lord. And when we separate that, it becomes not about him, it becomes about ourselves. And that's kind of what Scott McDight, uh, his whole point, uh, or one of the main points in the King Jesus gospel is that we've made salvation a personal experience. We've made it about mm-hmm. ourselves. So we've made the gospel rather, sorry, uh, mm. Of course, so it's a personal experience, but we've made uh, we've made the gospel a personal experience about mm. ourselves rather than you know, Jesus is the one who saves. And he gives statistics where that in in ninety uh, percent of evangelical families, um, children come to believe in Jesus, but out of that ninety percent, only two percent are still following Jesus by the age of thirty five. Hmm. And that these aren't statistics that we want, uh, right? Because we've presented a gospel uh, that we've in some ways emptied about of its power because its power is in the one in whom we follow. It's the one who saves. It's the one, the king who reigns. The king who has specifically told us that in this world, you're going to have trouble. So we shouldn't be surprised by that. But to take heart that I've overcome the world that our king is reigning, but we're kind of like uh, in that time between the cross and the consummation of the kingdom, the return of Jesus mm-hmm. is like, uh, you know, D-Day, uh, right? Where essentially the allies yeah. broke the back yeah. of, uh, you know, of, of, uh, of uh, uh, the Nazis and, and what have you. And VE Day, Victory Day, where it was actually the day of celebration, uh, right? Yes, Satan has been defeated but I don't think he's caught on yet. Right? <laughs> uh, and, right? and that we know that pandemics and, um, and uh, the things that we struggle with physically, emotionally, uh, mentally, relationally, uh, these things will have their day, right? And all the tears will be wiped from our eyes and the former things will be no more. But in this time, we're called to live in the reality of the kingdom that has already been won in the midst of a kingdom that we continue to live in. Uh, and it is done through the way of the kingdom. And we don't know how to live then if we don't have the kingdom. We don't have the, the, the gospels. We don't have uh, the parables. We don't have the teachings of Jesus. And most importantly, we don't have the example of Christ, uh, who in the power of God uh, lovingly secured that kingdom through self-sacrificial love and the way that we're called to live in now uh, as a pastor i see this all the time uh within my own churches and like how to get people fired up about their faith right because if it's just become a, a decision that's already passed you know and we're just kind of waiting for you know whatever it is heaven right the the party to start uh there's not a lot of motivation in terms mm. of well, what what am I presently called to, mm. and also a lot that don't want to be presently called to anything. I remember doing a series on the kingdom and having one of my uh, one of my elders just say, "But I don't want to be a disciple. I just want to be a Christian." And realizing, well, <laughs> we're kind of missing something very significant if that's something we're actually discussing or something that we're not even realizing is part and parcel with our identity and how God has called us and who we are, mm. uh, you know, in, in Christ. 
So a couple of weeks ago, I actually preached a sermon and I said that when we don't love Christ as our Lord, we kind of love him as we would a travel agent. You know, like I, I don't go on a lot of, you know, I'm a pastor, so I don't go on a lot of trips. So I don't have a lot of travel agents that I talk to. But basically, it's like you go, you have a conversation, you decide on a destination, you know, a, a price has been paid, right? Oh. And then, you know, you just kind of uh, get your tickets and then you wait until, you know, the plane takes off or the train or the boat or whatever, you know? And then I just said, well, who here has had a travel agent? They all put up their hands. And I said, in between that time, do you think much about your travel agent? And I said, if you do, don't tell them it's going to creep them out. Right? <laughs> uh, Jesus is more than our travel agent. So I gave the story that I've actually gone on one trip, big trip. And I knew my travel agent. It was my father-in-law. When he sold his business years ago, he bought Tina and I and Aiden. Isaac hadn't come to be yet. And, and then his son and his family, as well as my mother-in-law, we all went to Jamaica. And I said, there's the difference is that my travel agent was my father-in-law, uh, who I respect and love a great deal. I was scared to death of him before I married Tina. Uh, I'm not scared to death of him anymore, but his opinion matters a lot to me and how I treat his, his baby girl and, and, and how I love her. Uh, and, but he didn't invite me. He didn't just buy me tickets. He invited me on an adventure. Come mm. along with me. Share this time with me as a family as we, mm. we discover something new. And to mm. me, that's that's... Uh, looking at Jesus, how do I how, how do I know God? How do I know the Father? How am I in the Father? I'm married to His Son, right? In faith, through mm. through Christ, and that the destination is just part of the process, right? That if I'm not in love with Jesus now, if I'm not on fire for Jesus now, if I'm not willing to lay down my life and have allegiance, there's that word again, right? Uh, to say that He is Lord and what He says is life is what comes first. It's not always easy, but it's the way of life. Then I will follow. Right? Mm -hmm. That's, that's a lot different than, well, we made a transaction, you know, we decided on a destination and a price, Jesus death. Thanks. Appreciate that. And, and then the rest of us are just kind of waiting until, until the day where when we put justification by faith, we put a decision in the context of the story of Christ, we are the people of God who follow our Lord, who lay our life down for our Lord, and that we're already living in a kingdom where we wait with bated breath, especially within these pandemic times, to come to fruition, mm. and it will. And, and that's where uh, our hope is set, uh, but it's not on the destination itself, but those hands, right, that have built that kingdom, right, is like, uh, is it Hebrews 11 said that all of those Abraham and and those looking they never received what they were promised but their hope was in a distant land a distant city whose hands were not built by men that's part of the motivation for our faith that's part of the motivation for our, our journey it's not about us it's about Jesus mm -hmm. but his story is the one who saves and through being engrafted into his story that is our salvation Hmm. I, I like what you said earlier, um, and I want to come back to it before I lose my train of thought. Okay, you said uh, that we participate. I'm paraphrasing here. We just we participate in discipleship because the kingdom is not merely a future reality; it's a now reality. It's it's continually breaking into the into into our world. I think that's so important as uh, as Christians that Jesus is using us King Jesus is using his church to continue to have victory in our world and I think that is so important in framing discipleship uh, that's really interesting to think about it that way and even thinking about the way that Jesus announced his kingdom preaching in Luke he preached what seems like a social justice gospel <laughs> elevating uh, those in the margins. And I think of, as I was thinking about this topic for today, you know, I've just been thinking about the kingdom a lot lately, the last few months. 
and think and, and looking on both sides of the spectrum of Christianity on, on right and left, even though I hate to use those terms uh, in Christianity, but whatever I have to, uh, it's, it, I, I mentioned it before you Christians who say, Oh, you know, dark days ahead. And for Christians who say, it almost seems like they're saying it's human effort that's going to bring in change. It doesn't even seem like they believe in God's kingdom at all, you know, and, and it's right. going to be, it's going to be human effort. that's going to save the environment. It's going to end racism. It's going to do all these things. I mean, those are good things, but if we're not doing it in, in the frame mindset of Jesus is the one that's doing it through us. Jesus is the one breaking into our world and bringing justice to the world then like really what's what is their view of the vic, the victorious christ i'd be interested in having a conversation with them about that but i thought that uh is important to bring up here too uh there's all sorts of different gospels out there uh, it seems like obviously justification by faith alone is good news but it is it oh, absolutely the I'm going to use a Greek word here. Is it the euangelion? You know, is it the the gospel where uh, we can look at all sorts of things in the New Testament and say, that's good news. That's good news. That's good news. But we can't say that's the euangelion. That's not the, <laughs> that's not the kerygma, the, the, the apostolic gospel. Uh, I'm, I'm bringing up some big terms our poor listeners are have to figure out what I'm talking about, but uh, just, just saying the gospel and, 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 and the importance of that, you know, I bring up that term because that refer that, that goes back to the first century when, when the emperor had victory over their, over the uh, enemies, what were they to do? Go and spread this gospel, this good news that the emperor is victorious and that Caesar is Lord. That's right. not a message of there. I'm going to tread lightly here, but it's not a message of accept Caesar, <laughs> accept Caesar into your heart and you will be saved. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Get his haircut. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, absolutely. And, and, and like, uh, Evangelion used in this biblical sense, always talked about a new dignitary, like a new King, mm-hmm. right. Uh, coming to, coming to power and so they used it in a word that was very biblical obviously but then they used it in a way that was subversive too mm-hmm. because of christ oh, is king that yeah. caesar isn't exactly right? exactly and, and and that and that uh has uh so much power over every aspect of our life that if christ is king then cancer isn't hmm. right exactly. like if, if christ is king then 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 racism doesn't have the final victory mm. only christ has the final victory mm-hmm. and our life is is uh is a living parable of christ's victory in us as we trust in him uh as we believe in him um when it's not easy uh it's uh there's such a desire to to follow uh you know the dance to the the uh, to the beat our own dna to follow because it feels good or it would be a quick and easy route rather than following the Lord and doing as he has called us Mm. to live, which always leads to life, right? Uh, Always uh, proves itself to be true uh, and victorious in our lives that we see the King still at work uh, in this imperfect kingdom awaiting the realization of uh, the one uh, yet to come. Scott McKnight had some things I just kind of sure. were really interesting. He says the earliest gospel was to tell the story of Jesus, that Jesus lived, that he died at the hand of sinners unjustly, that God overturned his death and raised him from the dead and that he ascended and that he's coming back to rule. Hmm. We need to focus on what God has done through Jesus Christ. We need to focus on Christ himself. When we tell the story, this is a story is a redeeming story. It does take care of our sins. It shoulders our sins. It removes our sins. We are justified. We are sanctified. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a story that's not just about us. It's a story about Jesus, and we're called to tell that story. And he says, whenever we have the opportunity to tell people about Jesus, we're evangelizing. Whenever we have an opportunity to bring what Jesus has taught into a conversation, uh, uh, wherever we can, and we bring Jesus into our own personal lives, 
That is what evangelism is about. The gospel that is focused on making decisions rather than disciples aborts the gospel of Jesus. The wrong focus deconstructs the gospel into who is saved rather than who is following Jesus. Those are some quotes I took from uh, you know, the book that I, I, I read, and it resonated with me. And N.T. Wright takes it from you know, a similar kind of thing, but it just his is about the tying in of the cross and the kingdom that we mm. had talked about, that we can't separate either. They need to come together. Yes, that Christ Jesus was raised uh, or crucified according to the scriptures. This is the plan of God. This is the story of Israel. I love reading Matthew and studying it for the first time and seeing that, that what has happened here, God is recreating Israel's story through Jesus. You know, Jesus is uh, called, uh, you know, called out of Egypt. Uh, he goes through the waters, uh, his own Red Sea experience, the waters. He gets called out into the wilderness for 40 days, you know. But where Israel was found uh, unfaithful, he was found faithful. Mm-hmm. He immediately, what, goes up on the mount, you know, like Moses and gives the sermon on the mount. He's like Jacob, uh, uh when he chooses his 12 disciples, when he's up against his critics, he's David, right? Defending, uh, uh, you know, uh, eating the showbread, you know, he's, all those kind of things. Anyway, you just continue to see the story of, of Israel by extension, our story, because Israel's goal, God's goal through Israel was to bless all the families, right? And that Jesus is that one true Israelite. He is the one who faithfully filled where Adam failed, where Israel failed, where we've all failed, mm. and that we have victory in his name. And that victory saves us. Mm. And that salvation is beautiful. Sanctification is beautiful. Justification is beautiful. But it's because it's because we have a reigning king that we have salvation in his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, it's all so good. N.T. Wright and others. Well, they are looked down upon by evangelicals for a faulty view, what they think is. A, and I, haven't, I have not studied enough of his, his stuff on justification because I honestly don't care to. <laughs> uh, but it does, you know, it, 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 I, know what he, he, I know what he's trying to do is get away from a medieval view of justification and try and look back at what were, what were the Israelites? What would, what would the Jews, how would they have understood what Paul is talking about? We shouldn't be, that's how we should be interpreting the scriptures. Uh, and I think that's uh, what he's saying is really uh, aimed at some of these guys at like the gospel coalition. Ligonier ministries uh, is very big on, uh, everything Martin Luther. So, uh, and I love Ligonier Ministries. They've been great. Uh, and I I love them. Yeah. But I think it's, uh, I think it's good when, well, it's good when, when you kind of have some pushback and you have to think about, okay, what, what is the true focus here? What, what are we trying to, because yeah, I, I believe in justification by faith alone. Um, and, and maybe I, I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be saying, I, you know, I shouldn't be saying on my own podcast that I haven't uh, studied uh, NT right enough on justification. That's something I want to do, but there well, just seems to be so pretty, much. There's a lot there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. What I love about NT right though, is, you know, only a guy like NT right could have somebody like John Piper write a whole book, <laughs> you know, to refute him. Like, you know, like, and the thing is, if you listen to any NT right and what have you, is that he's such a, a such a jovial guy. Like, yeah. Such a, yeah. Uh, such a disarming, um, non-confrontational type person. But, you know, at the same time, teachers are just teachers. Like, I don't agree with everything N.T. Wright Mm -hmm. says. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe because I just don't understand it all. Um, I don't believe, I don't, I don't agree with everything that Scott McKnight says. I don't agree with everything that I've read of, uh, what's Bates' first name? Matthew. Matthew Bates, yeah, from the article. But at the same time, there's a lot of uh, John Piper that I have read, and I do affirm. There's a lot mm-hmm. of Alcola that I've read and I affirm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of R.C. Sproul that I've read and I affirm. So um, it's not like kind of pitting one against mm-hmm. the other. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, we're, 
we're all kind of like, so yeah, like, so I like NT, right? But I also want to make sure, okay, is he on the mm-hmm. up and up? You know, I guess that's the gospel coalition in me, right? So, you know, <laughs> what does he believe about, uh, what, what does he believe about, uh, you know, um, you know, imputed faith? Well, he would believe in imputed faith. He's just not saying that that's necessarily what the scripture writers are saying when they're talking about justification hmm. his mm-hmm. that when you were justified you were justified as the people of god you were right uh, right you were declared and so he would say justification in a new testament sense if i'm reading him correctly right is that there's the, the beautiful gospel is now that you have it's a gospel that unites right so you have the hmm. gentiles exactly. now being justified exactly. by faith they are part of the people of god now right so that's that's the the, the the emphasis that he's putting, he's not saying there's, there's no such thing as imputation. At the same time, he does believe in uh, like penal substitution area tone. Right, right? exactly. He, yeah, yeah. he just doesn't prescribe to one version of, mm-hmm. he, does, he doesn't believe in an angry God who so hated the world that uh, he believes that God was reconciling the world to himself through his son, right? But mm-hmm. he'll be the first to say that it says in Romans that he was punishing, right, mm-hmm. uh, sin in the flesh of of Christ, right? So it's just kind of he says something and somebody could take it the wrong way, and and I'm not his defender, so I don't have to defend him. <laughs> but the same way, John Piper can write something and somebody takes it the wrong way too, and that's not the way that he intended mm. it to be. We just need to grow up as believers and realize that we're all part of this great cloud of witnesses that is talking exactly. about two groups. And we need to keep the main things the main things. Number one, one group is not denying Jesus is king. On the other hand, the other group is not denying justification by faith. They're just putting them, you know, uh, in different contexts that doesn't rob either mm-hmm. of their. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the goal should be to be the most biblical that we can be. And I will say that, you know, reading kind of like from both sides, it just seems like the one group has the upper hand, right? In terms of just, okay, whenever gospel is spoken of in the New Testament, <laughs> uh, in particular, like uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, the beginning of Romans, uh, uh, 2 Timothy, remember Christ Jesus raised from the dead, ascended from David, this is my gospel, 2 Timothy 2.8, mm. that whenever gospel is it just kind of say okay they seems to be uh it seems to be a heavier um weight in in that uh in that argument than the other but nothing taking away from justification to faith mm-hmm. i wouldn't i wouldn't be who i am in christ without justification exactly by, by faith exactly right. uh one of the justification things justification by faith glorifies jesus well i mean mm. as well it's it's only in the work of Christ. There's nothing that we can add or subtract. It is only through him and what he has done that we're saved, not by our own work. Hmm. Amen. One of the, uh... Just covering all the bases so we don't get stoned. <laughs> good, good. Is that wood still green? <laughs> <laughs> Like I said before, part of my I, I, I did this senior research project in, in my final semester at college. One of the things that I concluded was that because Stephen saw the Son of Man, he was vindicated. And, you know, I've been really, I've still been mulling things over in my mind. I just did a Luke Acts class. You know, I've just been thinking about these things, about how the gospel seemed much more to emphasize uh, vindication, especially Luke's gospel, really vindicating the marginalized. Not really mm-hmm. talking about not really talking about justification, but th- there are hints of it. But really talking about God's people are going to be vindicated, and we see that right. we see that with Stephen, when Jesus is shown to be the ascended King at the right hand of God, and because Stephen sees the Son of Man, the King, he receives vindication. What is, what is the simplest term of vindication? It means to be found in the right. What's the simplest term of justification? <laughs> to be found in the right. You know, they're just, there's so much of that overlap there too. Where, yep. uh, but, the, but the fact that vindication, vindicated by King Jesus, being victorious, 
with King Jesus, I think is kind of is a lot of uh, of of meaning there as well. We we will be at the end found to be in the right as we follow King Jesus, as we pledge our allegiance to Him, uh, as we say as we say Jesus is Lord. Uh, COVID nineteen isn't Lord. Justin Trudeau isn't Lord. Right. Uh, right. All these things. Um, it's uh, it's King Jesus. So in, you know, kind of looping back to where we, where we kind of started here is, even in times like these that we just went through, I think this is a very good time for uh, uh, for Christians to go through and to really hope. I hope to really ponder and really, you know, more than just an intellectual thing, but really find hope in in Jesus. And that he is the king mm-hmm. and that our citizenship isn't here, that he's coming back and he's going to transform our, uh, our lowly bodies to be like his. And that's the victory. That's the victory. That's the victory. <laughs> <laughs> and that we will, that we'll reign with him. Yeah. No, mm. like that just, yeah, exactly. We'll judge angels, like things like that. They're just like, Whoa, you know, we just want a place, you know, just have a little cottage by the crystal. Sea. <laughs> God has much, God has much higher plans. Yeah, know, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And end today than we have for ourselves. I love that. I love that. Uh, what N.T. Wright says about that is, you know, people think I'm just going to be sitting on a cloud with a harp for eternity. That sounds so <laughs> boring. <laughs> it does. Right? <laughs> Eating cream cheese. <laughs> Eating pineapple and pizza. It's an old commercial. <laughs> Hey, Go ahead. I was just gonna say I'm a fan of Martin Luther too. I love. Any oh, so other am I. So am portly, I. Any other portly Marty in church history, I'm a big fan of. And uh, you know, just going into this pandemic and and uh, really just trying to encourage people that you know this isn't the first uh, situation like this that the church has faced in our history, right? You know, I have Martin Luther uh, talking about uh, the plague. Uh, of his time mm. and at one at one point saying uh, what's best right now is for me to keep my distance and so I'll keep my distance mm. but when the time comes if we are called forward then we will move uh, in in um, in light of Christ and his love because uh, much of church spread uh, in, in its early history because there would be pandemics or sorry epidemics and People, uh, those that were not sick, including doctors, would flee the cities, but the Christians would come into the cities, mm. uh, many of them dying themselves because these people didn't have the strength to feed themselves, to, mm. uh, to grab a glass of water so they would, they would give them something to drink. And then when it all came about, they'd be called, why, why did you do this? Why did you come to me? Right? And he said, well, because we know this man named Jesus. Mm. Right? Uh, and so... That's, that's our hope, uh, that right now, if social distancing is the best way to love one another, then we will. If we have to get right into the mix of it, right, if it gets to a point, well, that's where Christ's people will be found. Why? Because that's where Jesus is found, mm-hmm. uh, knowing that the final victory won't be whatever we succumb to. That's just, Paul say, to live is Christ, to die is gain, right? Mm-hmm. Good. New body. Amen. Uh, new kingdom, you know. That's, hmm. it's, 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 we can't even imagine it. Hmm. All right. So I want to have one final, maybe a few final questions. We're, we're kind of orienting ourselves towards a kind of a different gospel than what popular Christianity says that the gospel is the message of the kingdom, the victorious Christ. That's kind of where we're landing. Marty, you've, hmm. you've spoken at a lot of Bible camps. First of all, have how have you preached that? If you have, and how if you haven't, how would you? How would you preach that kind of gospel to camp age kids? Uh, I'd say yes, I have. Uh, okay, just because as I've got excited about this, you know, in years past, that of course affects uh, the way that I that I that I preach. Uh, many many years ago. Uh, this is me putting my cards on the table. I read a book by N.T. Wright called Surprised by Hope. And it really just revolutionized my thinking mm. in terms of what my role and responsibility is here. 
you know, that it's not just kind of, um, you know, waiting around for the pie in the sky. It's like, you know, the steak on the plate, you know, while we wait kind of thing. I, I didn't make that up. Right. It's just what what is our purpose here in terms of like living the kingdom and what have you. So at camps, I always try to uh, I know that I have at um, uh, at Ketchin where we've met Ketchin Leaf Bible Camp. Just you got a whole week, two times a day. Right. Just to unpack the story of God, you know, in terms of how God has loved us, his purpose for creating us to partner with us in this creation how we uh, how we fell from that in sin, and then how God uh, immediately loves us by covering us through a sacrifice, right? Uh, already giving the first uh, look into the future in terms of after, you know, the curses that come upon uh, the serpent, the one uh, who will come uh, of the woman uh, speaking to the serpent, uh, you will bruise his heel, but he'll crush your head. He immediately then uh, has them leave the garden so that they won't eat of the tree of life, right? And then, you know, remain as they are forever, but to go out. And then the story continues with God wooing us back through Abraham uh, and, and his family, becoming the great human experiment, you know, in terms of God showing his love um, to a sinful people. You know, and it was a failed experiment, but God already said that was going to happen to Abraham, to Abraham. Mm. but it wasn't because they were Jewish, it's because they're human. You know, if he would have chosen the Norwegians, they would have chosen the Swedes, there might have been better food. But, you know, that's that, yeah, that's the story. And just taking the kids to the story of, of God with us, and then how it accumulates in the person of Jesus and preaching his life and his message as it ends on the cross and then uh, or seemingly ends on the cross and then he's raised to victory and who we are again and how that relates to the promises that he gave in israel how that relates and takes us back to the original story of adam and eve mm. and his original intentions for us and even though we broke his heart in sin we actually have it better than they had it in the original right we're 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 not uh, we're not just uh uh, you know, gardening with God, God has united himself to us in Christ. Uh, you know, the divinity and humanity that Jesus is resurrected, new creation, but yet in a human body, but uh, at the same time, a glorified heavenly body in which we will be raised in the likeness of him to rule and reign for him forever, to basically to make a perfect world even more perfect, mm. you know, through partnership, because that's who God is. Right. So at camp, it's awesome because you have the mm. whole week to unpack the story. And then you're also knowing that if, if it was just on us, you know, if it was just on me, I wouldn't accept, you know, uh, I'd be too nervous. Uh, but it's God that's working among these mm. kids. It's God that's working among the staff and the cabin counselors and, and uh, the cabin leaders, I guess now. Right. That uh, they, God is working as the story is being preached and taught not only on chapel sessions, but in the way that the staff is loving on the kids during mealtimes and the skills and, and running and playing games. The whole week is like a discipleship experience. You're just taking these kids mm -hmm. out of the, the world and, and, and giving them an opportunity to hear and see the gospel mm -hmm. of Christ. And of course we preach forgiveness of sin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's no way I would just, you know, like it's just, I, of course, I, I talk about the forgiveness of sins and the need to, because there wasn't a presentation of the gospel in Acts without repent and believe, you know, the good news, be baptized, right? That we have that uh, opportunity to uh, present the gospel and then to ask for a response uh, as, as the kids respond to the spirit who is, who is calling mm -hmm. them. We, That's an we, easier one. Yeah. Right? We preach forgiveness of sins because there was victory over sins. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Like, what does it say? And, in, in, um, you know, like we, we've mentioned a few times with First Corinthians chapter 15, that for what I received, I passed on to you as a first importance, that Christ died for our sins, according hmm. to the scripture, and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures. Uh, so, Yeah. The, for the forgiveness of sins, uh, it's, it's right there. It, that, no, it doesn't break into a 
you know, a, a, a certain atonement theory, right? <laughs> you know, but it's, uh, but that's not where our <laughs> emphasis should be either. It's right. Christ yeah, yeah. For our it, that's the absolutely. message that saves. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah, kids. Well, ki- kids we today, we're gonna. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Today, kids, we're gonna talk about uh, Christus Victor. So, get your <laughs> yeah. get your NT right out. <laughs> <laughs> right? No, we gotta preach for the forgiveness of sin. Right? It's that <laughs> basic, uh, like implied, right in the gospel. If Christ is Lord, you're not. Absolutely. Like if 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 Christ is Lord, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then we we submit to Him. But what what kind of what kind of love does I mean? What kind of um, what what manner of ruling does He show us? Mm-hmm. He's a King who gives His life mm-hmm. for us. He takes out His outer outer garment, gets on His knees, and washes our feet, mm-hmm. and then tells us to do likewise. This is our King, and this is the heart that resonates. I mean, this is the Christ that resonates with people. This is the Christ that we need in this pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. That this is, this is the Christ that I believe that, that when, when Jesus said, when the son of man is lifted up, that I will draw all people to myself. This is, this is who people are already calling out for in their sighs and their tears, or every time they reach for a pill bottle or a bottle of alcohol or a relationship they know that doesn't fulfill or another donut, you know, or, uh, you know, the desire to win someone's approval. Anytime we Mm. try to do that, that's what we're seeking. That's what we're, we're seeking. We're seeking this King, but only he is the one that can satisfy. Mm. It's his blood that we need. It's his flesh that we need to to eat of thinking of john chapter Mm. six you know and i just like that idea of like you know if we're calling people to a decision rather than discipleship it just robs the gospel of its power Mm -hmm. just make this decision and it'll be okay you know it's not like getting a costco card (laughs) maybe that should be our thing costco gotta wear a mask except jesus (laughs) give me mask free i don't know why i went there something you said earlier in the episode it's coming back to my mind is part of discipleship is evangelizing and that word is related to euangelium the go and proclaim the good news of the kingdom mm-hmm. when 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 jesus says um in matthew 28 he says all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me he's saying i'm king go therefore and proclaim that message now uh, that's that that is just so it's just so different than what is normally taught and preached in uh popular evangelical circles so i think this is this has been a very good conversation i really enjoyed it at the beginning there i was a little worried that i wasn't gonna have much to say and uh we had a good conversation so Oh, Perry, we always have, I love talking to you. I've so appreciated your friendship and, and, uh, Isaac, my son, he's a huge fan of yours too. So when I said I was going to be talking on this, oh, Perry. (laughs) And, uh, and I I mean that very sincerely. We're, uh, we're so appreciative of God, uh, uh, placing us at Ketchum just to be part of your journey and to have you be part of ours. And we're so excited, um, you know, for your upcoming wedding and, and, um, and then how God is going to continue to move through you and, and your life. And, you know, through our relationship, I had the great opportunity, uh, you know, a couple of years ago to speak at uh, 365. And that was such an incredible experience for me. I'd never done anything on that scale before. Mm. And so very thankful for your faith in me, you know, uh, <laughs> to be able to bring that to your, your, your board and then have me show up and, you know, uh, if it would have went sideways really quick, you know, you would have owned that. You would have, that would have been mm. on your shoulders. So I'm very thankful for, mm. you know, your friendship. Because mm. that's truly what I, I, I see you as, mm. Perry, as a, as a good friend. So, you yeah. as well. Yeah, I, I didn't I, have any problem. We were going we to find something to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, as soon as I thought about this topic, I thought I had, I had to have you on here. Because I know that you're very thoughtful and... Uh, very insightful. So I'm very thankful that you came on and uh, we could have this conversation together. 
Thank you, everybody, for listening today, for tuning in. I so appreciate it. Again, please rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts and also share on Facebook and Twitter. We depend on you, our listeners, in order to advertise the PonderCast. We want others to join our conversation as well. You can give us feedback or episode ideas by emailing us at perrysponderings at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at perrysponderings. You can also join the conversation on our Facebook page and on Instagram with the question, how do we articulate the gospel of the kingdom? If you'd like your voice to be heard in this conversation, you can add a voice message by going to anchor.fm slash thepondercast. For more ponderings, check out perrysiddons.com. Thanks again, and until next week, keep pondering. (laughs) 